Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. You let me know. You won't beat the hell with call. Oh, like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you let me know? You won't beat the hell with call. Oh, like bling blow, ayy. Gonna, 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 yeah, gonna. Hello and welcome everybody into another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us on the Fox Sports Arizona Facebook page, the Sun Solar Panel YouTube page or Twitter, or listening to us wherever you get podcasts, we're very happy to have you with us. I am Greg Esposito. Ahoy hoy. Joined as always by the Silver Fox, Dave King. Dave. <laughs> All right. We're getting this show off to a nice start right here. Did not yeah, expect... he's gonna compliment me after trashing gonna... me on Twitter this morning. Uh, yeah, so did not did not back. expect a purr out of that. <laughs> and then we've got are you gonna get, are you gonna, are you gonna are you gonna call me Carmel Thunder or something no. like that? <laughs> oh I love it. Carmel Thunder. Not, not until we go to summer league together. I'll call you the Carmel Thunder from down under. But we that have actually the... when not to call him that. <laughs> we have the in person in summer league. Good the Lord. grill master. So, Bookman, Saul, how are you, my friend? What's up, fellas? How are we doing this morning? How How is everybody's Thanksgiving? Have we uh, overcome the tryptophan coma that most of us have been in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, it was it, you know, it, it, I was just telling Dave, it's like the first day I had off in like 22 straight weeks. So, it's, it was nice. It was nice. Yeah. Well, good. We're glad you got a little time off. I'm glad and, you uh, got a day off. I've had lots of days off in the last 22 weeks. Well, congratulations, so. yeah, Dave. But, you awesome. know, you're the one who gets paid there the day off. So. Hashtag humble brag by Dave King. Uh, must yeah. be nice to work. I'm bragging about having uh, days off each week. Yeah, that's it's so unique <laughs> to me. And uh, it's all uh, we're glad that when you have some time off, you still have to get up at 8 a.m. on a uh, Saturday morning to do this fine, fine program with us. Uh, yeah. If you guys remember, get in the Wayback Machine with me last Saturday. We were here and uh, crickets had happened. Nothing when it came to free agency. And I swear about the time we hit end broadcast on this show, uh, about 4 million things happened uh, when it comes yeah. to the Suns world Tip and their typical. roster. Typical. Uh, yeah, pretty typical. So let's tick through everything that we've missed since the last show. So the Suns, the Suns signed Jay Crowder. Uh, they signed Langston Galloway. They signed Etwan Moore. They re-signed Dario Saric and Javon Carter. Uh, so then they let Frank Kaminsky go. Aaron Bain signed with Toronto. Uh, it, it's just it's been a a crazy crazy week. Plus we found out that uh, preseason starts uh, shortly. So 
this has been probably the most make all these detailed show notes and espo loses steam halfway through them and just kind of like mentions every <laughs> fifth word i was just going through kind of the transactional I'm the one things who wrote the show notes. he took them and then said about every fifth word Good okay job, would you like me to read these word for word i'm happy to no, read no dave's. just maybe oh, maybe and, take and more than and seconds, i that's did all. miss i did miss dave's release Ellie Yacobo. Uh, you, can, you can't say uh, Ely, man. You gotta say Ellie. I said Ellie. Ely. Uh, I didn't say Ely. No, I didn't. Yeah, not... Saul said Ely, and um, I keep thinking of a underwater creature. Mar- Ely. It really doesn't matter. Here <laughs> anymore? It's French for that, all right. Not not hey. a thug. French for doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. French for thank God he can't be played twenty minutes a game anymore. <laughs> so when we look at this, right? It, the roster is completely different. Uh, it has a completely different look. They filled out uh, James Jones, Jeff Bauer, the front office, filled out the back half of the roster. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about this Suns team now that we have a fuller picture of what they'll look like? Let's start with you, Saul. You know, uh, I want to get excited. I do. And I th- I feel I'm about to get a lot of hate right now. I want to get excited, but just like, you know, maybe this is because of my university of Arizona days and how we're always overhyped and we are always under deliver. I, I always enter every season with trepidation. I hope for the best, but you know, I, I, I need to see it play out on the court because we don't know how these pieces are going to gel together, how long it's going to take for them to gel together. They only get like a two week or one week training camp. You know what I mean? So there's not a lot of time for them to really uh, come together. And um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm optimistic for the first time in quite a while. I think they're going to do a, a great job this season. And I think that uh, <laughs> in the first comment, I told you, there it is. Kicks off the show. Um, <laughs> we we but, agree, Landon. It's, it's <laughs> He's but, run his know, course. Again, like I'm excited just like everybody else. But, you know, I always proceed with caution. Well, look, I think that's spoken like a man who's watched 10 years of uh, non-playoff basketball uh, and a few times uh, come into the season with expectations. So I I get that. Uh, Dave, uh, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to be the opposite of Saul. You guys are going to want to keep me forever uh, because I think this team is going to rock. We're going to talk about this throughout throughout the episode. Here's the thing is, is Chris Paul is just better than Ricky Rubio and assuming that you've got to assume health, right? So if Chris Paul misses a lot of the season, yeah, it's going to be struggling to make the playoffs, but here's the thing. If Chris Paul misses a part of the season, if Devin Booker misses a part of the season, if any injuries happen, the Suns actually have enough, enough depth to stay in the picture to get into the playoff seat, you know, the playoff uh, play in tourney. That's how how much better this Suns team is, uh, one through twelve, one through thirteen, than any prior Suns team in really the last ten years. Yeah, we're all excited about the forty-eight and thirty-four team, but even they can't explain how well they played. I still <laughs> remember a post-game interview with PJ Tucker in January of that year, and I said, "How are you guys doing this?" And he's like, "We're just playing stupid." 
He literally said, and he was happy about that. <laughs> we're just playing stupid. Uh, because and what he meant obviously was we're not worried about failing. We're just playing our ball, you know, our hearts out. And it's what were you about to say? For what were you about to say? That? Uh, play, yeah, that too. <laughs> but uh, and, uh, the bat, we're, we're just playing, you know, <laughs> almost yeah, square jar time. Yeah, almost got it. Almost got it. <laughs> no, uh, I got to keep my money. Uh, so we. <laughs> Um, uh, they, they were not playing that smart. And then when they suddenly tried in year two, everything fell apart. So, uh, this is the best team the Suns have had since really now. I'm not saying they're as good as the 09, 10 team, but they're, they're the closest we've had in 10 years to that level of talent. CP3 is a hall of famer. Well, uh, yeah, I'm almost done here. Just really quick. CP3 is a hall of famer. Devin Booker is an all-star. You keep those guys in in the lineup for most of the year. This Suns team is going to be reaching much higher than barely edge of the playoffs. Go. I think this team might be more talented than the 0910 team. I'm not saying mm. they're going to be better, but I think if you look at the talent across the roster, I, I actually think it's a more talented group. Now, not all that talent has reached its full potential, uh, and obviously Amari was was a multi-time all-star so uh, i understand that there was a a great amount of talent but most of that was at the tail end of of it nash was hill was stoudemire yeah. was uh, you you know i think in totality this is a more talented team than the last suns team that went to the playoffs in 0910 or 0910 the difference here is that team had immense chemistry and can this new this Suns team get to that point? To what Saul said, they have a truncated timetable to build that chemistry because training camp starts Tuesday, I believe, December first. They have a, a few weeks until less than than a few weeks until preseason starts, and then three weeks until the regular season starts. At that point. That's our assumption. We haven't seen one opening night will be, but that's not I, a lot of time to forge relationships yeah. where where that 0910 team had a lot of opportunity. <laughs> Is Dave just throwing stuff? What what, what, what in the world was that? Here? He knocked his lamp yeah. over. He's so upset with with me saying 0910. I'm just upset with you. Talented. Period. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. that's been just, three and a half years. Upset, Here's an interesting question. Somebody in the chat asked, um, "Do we think Devin Booker is going to average thirty points this year?" My question mm -hmm. is: Is if he's averaging thirty points plus this year, is that a good or is that a bad thing? Well, look, anything Devin Booker does is a good thing. I mean, uh, I remember two years ago, Matt Moore of Hardwood uh, Paroxysm and the Action Network and all that, he said that Booker should really take a step back from the two years ago version to allow more balance in the offense. And I went back at him and said, that's BS. The balance, the rest of the offense just needs to be better and Booker needs to stay where he is. And and we went back and forth on that because the uh, the um, the casual observer thought Devin Booker was 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 being a succubus on the offense and taking up too much of the attention. And he actually did more this past year and improved his stats this past year while the rest of the offense got better. And lo and behold, he's an all-star. So I really think that Devin Booker could score 30 without taking away from the rest of the team. However, I don't think Devin Booker cares about 30 points per game anymore. He knows he can get in the all-star game. He knows he deserves to be in the all-star game. He knows he deserves to be all NBA and he doesn't need 30 points a game to do it where I want to see him 
do what I want to see him doing is continuing exactly what he did this past year and not keep need. We don't need him to be better for the Suns to be better. They have a Hall of Fame point guard next to him now. Well, it's, it, it, I think it's all about how he would average that 30 points. And I think that's kind of what Dave is getting at as well. As long as it's efficient and it's because Chris Paul is setting him up in a way uh, he's never had a point guard set him up before, uh, I think that's perfectly fine. And I think there's a very good chance that he could. Does he need to for this team to be where they want to be? No. But if he's going to take that next step and, and really – kick down the door to superstardom, uh, it would not surprise me that he averages 30 points and is just as efficient, if not more efficient, than last year when he does it, simply because he is playing next to a guy that's going to take so much pressure off of him. Uh, CP3 is known for hitting clutch shots. He's a good shooter. Uh, as much as we love Ricky Rubio, that was not the case. Teams would cheat off of him and double Booker uh, more than you will you will see them even consider it with Chris Paul. So there will be a lot more wide open shots, I think, or, or at least less contested shots for Devin Booker this season than we've ever seen for him before, and that should make the scoring come a lot easier as well. I think I think you hit it on the head right there when you when you talk about efficiency. You know, if 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 Devin's taking you know fifteen to nineteen shots a game and he's averaging over thirty, plus he's getting to the foul line and he's distributing to everybody else, I think that's great. And and he absolutely will be a first team All NBA player if he does that. Now, if he's taking thirty to thirty five shots a game to get his thirty, then we have a problem because now you're taking shots away from other guys. Um, and then the, you know, I would assume that in those games, the offensive flow isn't as, as nice as you would like it to be. Um, and I do think Chris Paul will help that. But again, you know, going back to, to, to our guy, Corey Williams during the draft show, he kind of made a good point. Like Chris Paul is, is, is a vet that just knows how to stay the course until key moments. <clears throat> and, and so if you're expecting Chris Paul to come out and average like 30 points in the first half, it ain't going to happen. He's going to pace himself because he knows how to do it. He knows how to do it at a very efficient level. Um, and like you said, you know, he's, he's not washed up, but he's getting near the bathtub. I hope he gets in the bathtub yeah, after this two year period, <laughs> but you know, come on. Can we trust anything Corey says when he let off his Chris Paul analysis with he's washed. <laughs> then we reacted to him. Then he gave us the all time. Yeah. Well, you know, second team all it's, NBA. It's funny, it's, funny, it's funny that you should bring that up Espo. And I had, I had mentioned that, um, you know, Dave and I were involved in a promo earlier uh, and, and we left you out and I, I apologize for that, <laughs> but I wanted to yeah, make it up it to you. Well and since we're talking about Chris Paul, I thought now would be a good time. I'm Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. Welcome into the sun solar panel. I know. In the snow? Don't make me hang up the, uh, the headphones and walk out this walk-in closet. I'll do it. You'll have your own one minute highlight video. I promise <laughs> yeah. you that. There is a faction of Sun's Twitter that seems to have fallen on its head very hard and thinks that <laughs> that Chris Paul somehow fits into the equation. I have since fallen on my head as well. And, and now I believe fully in this deal when you look at it. There is a faction of Sun's Twitter that seems to have fallen on its head very hard and thinks that... <laughs> that Chris Paul somehow fits into the equation. I have since fallen on my head as well. And and now I believe fully in this deal when you look at it. For Dave King, 
For Saul Bookman, I'm Greg Esposito, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Sun Solar Panel. There you go. Your one-minute time you want, your, <laughs> <laughs> you want your very best takes. There That's is. them. Thanks. There it Thanks, is. guys. Hey, I'm glad baby. you wasted Fox Sports Arizona resources <laughs> on creating that. You know, uh, it was actually Jacob Franklin who was more than enthusiastic to be able to jump <laughs> in the seat and do that. So thank, <laughs> shout you out to what, him. My favorite part of that clip is – you can see how I dress before we had a, a Fox Sports Arizona partnership, <laughs> and then how I dress after. You, uh, you, no hat. I actually do my hair uh, on these Saturday mornings. I think that was the most telling part of that clip. Nothing that comes out of my mouth is is uh, is important in that clip. So thank you, That's thank you. Tip of the hat to to everybody uh, who uh, <laughs> who put yeah. that together. Uh, I, I'm speechless uh, just because I'm uh, shameful. As you are well, anything so. but speechless. He's just <laughs> can't let's, stop talking, but he's speechless. Let's turn our attention to the power forward spot. Jay Crowder, yeah, uh, new one of the newest members of the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, Cam Johnson started in that spot in the bubble. There's some questions as to whether uh, Jay Crowder will get the nod there. Whether it's Cam Johnson, how many minutes does Sticks Jalen Smith see there? Where do you sit on this, Dave? Yeah, I <clears throat> I think 100% Jay Crowder starts on day one. Dude, if you are if you start Ryan Anderson on day one two years ago, you're going to start Jay Crowder on day one this year. The question will be is how well Jay Crowder before, performs. Now, he is better on defense than on offense, and his defense is um, better than Kelly Oubre's, though it's not all world. I mean, he's just, he's he's kind of a bully out there. The Suns need a little bit of a bully. I think he's going to be perfect for the offense and people will clamor for Cam to start throughout the year. But Cam is great as a backup at all three, um, the power, the small, and the shooting guard spots. Um, throughout the year, he'll be one of the top backups coming off the bench. And as soon as anybody gets, has any days off or injury or COVID or anything like that, Cam will be in the starting lineup. I'm not worried about Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson is not worried about whether he starts or not either. Uh, Jay Crowder, I think has to start. What do you think? Ooh, Saul? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think Cam showed it a lot in the bubble last year and it depends on how he's developed, uh, you know, over the last two or three months, you know, I, I just think that he, he's already got a chemistry with the team, right? Um, maybe not with Chris Paul, but the other guys, you know, the, the, the main core of this group. So I think, you know, with Mikel and Cam and DeAndre and Booker, um, if Cam can hold his own during training camp and, and he can show that he still – more importantly, if he can show that he can hit that outside shot consistently, I think he's good enough on defense to be able to maintain a starting position and then Jay Crowder can come off the bench. Um, I don't think Jay really cares either way. Whether he comes off the bench or starts, that's the great thing about him. Uh, and so, and, and I don't think Cam does either. But you know, Cam, Cam seems like he's on the rise, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. And I think that him starting in, you know, starting the season in the starting lineup, I think might give him that extra boost to really be a bona fide player in this league. Hey, look, I, I used basis. to, I, I used ahead, to think it was BS when you would hear the. Oh, it doesn't matter who starts a game. It, you know, it matters who finishes, how many minutes they play, yada, yada. And, and I used to think that was something you say just to pacify a group of guys. And mostly that was because the Suns didn't have a roster where that really came into play. There wasn't enough talent that it mattered 
really about the bench. But this is the case with this team. It's very deep. I think you'll see Monty Williams ride the hot hand later in games, mm. depending on who's playing well. So if Jay Crowder starts, but Cam Johnson's playing better, Cam Johnson's going to finish that game or vice versa. Or on the off chance that Jalen Smith gets some minutes and he's he's playing great in a game, You'll you'll see him play minutes. That's that's the beauty of what they've done with this roster now. When you're when you're 12 deep, arguably even maybe 13 deep, you have options on how you you play these lineups. And unlike in the past, where you had first time coaches uh, coaching this group or guys that weren't necessarily qualified enough, Monty Williams knows how to do this. Monty Williams knows how to get the most out of his guys, and he's also going to understand situational things. If you're up and you need defense, you're going to play Jay Crowder in, in situations. If you need an offensive spark, you're going to play Cam. Like uh, We're going to see, I think, a lot of uh, different different ways that Monty Williams uses these guys, and that's exactly what you want. And I kind of like Cam with that second unit because you're going to need a little offensive spark with that second unit and cam can certainly provide that. So I think it wouldn't shock me that Jay Crowder starts, but it's not going to shock me as well. If, if cam Johnson finishes. Yeah. I, I don't well, think, you know, somebody in the chat was talking about, you don't go as a starter on the finals team to the bench on, on a team that didn't make the playoffs the next year. I think that, I think the two aren't, you know, they're, they're completely exclusive of one another. This is a totally different team than what you saw in the bubble. Even now, you know what I mean? And yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. Sure. But this isn't the same team. You know, like so Jay Crowder coming over here, he's going to help this team. It doesn't matter yeah. if he starts or if he doesn't. And I would disagree with you, Espo, on the whole starting or not starting thing. I don't think it really does matter right now because there are no fans in the stands. Nobody gives a damn who starts, <laughs> who doesn't, like who cares? You know what I mean? And then once hopefully we get halfway through the season and fans can start coming to the games. And then once you get that little hype from the, you know, the starting lineups and all that stuff, then yeah, it's going to matter a little bit. It, it gets you hyped up a little bit as a player to, to go out there on the court as a starter and get your name announced. But I mean, once you've yeah. done it a million times, it doesn't really matter. And all these guys have been starters at one point or another in their careers, whether it be in college or in the pros. And it, it's there's a bit of a I, look. I 100% agree with you guys that ultimately um, Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson are not going to complain, but they'll both feel better about themselves if they are the starter. However, the thing is with Jay Crowder, I, w I did not mean to imply that he just deserves to start because he's the veteran. He's actually been mostly a starter in his career, despite being kind of like a PJ Tucker type. He is a PJ Tucker type, except he's a little bit more free, unconscious on taking those shots. He takes more shots, um, catch and shoot threes than than Tucker does. He gets himself in the right spots. Um, but otherwise, they're basically this very similar players. Um, they're very hard nosed. They try really hard on defense. They end up starting for their teams, even though they are the fifth best starter on the team. Um, Jay Crowder started most of his games in the entire NBA, including most of the playoff games when his team has been in the playoffs eight straight years, whatever team he's been on. I just think he's going to earn it. I think Monty's going to, um, trust him to be, um, productive. I think Monty's not going to worry if Cam Johnson's in the lineup too. And I think they'll both end up with lots of starts this year. So yeah. I, I think it's a good problem to have. All right, so let's uh, let's move through a couple other things that happened on the roster. Darius Saric, Javon Carter, re-sign. Uh, are these good moves for this team? Does this uh, is this the kind of consistency you need, even with as much roster turnover as we've seen for the Sun? Saul, why don't we start with you? Yeah, absolutely. I th I think the the flow that this team is going to have 
Um, you know, the, the biggest worry before was when Devin Booker left the court, what the hell was going to happen? And I don't feel mm -hmm. like you have that problem anymore. Um, at least it's not going to be a dramatic drop off. Whether you have Cam, <clears throat> sorry, Cam or, or Jay coming off the bench, Dario coming off the bench, possibly. Uh, you got a lot of firepower all over. I think from one one through eight, one through nine, we have a the the, the Suns have a solid team, and that's what I think. That's what's really making everybody excited. Yeah, Chris Paul and Devin Booker together playing that's going to be awesome. DeAndre Aiden hopefully um, you know shows up and and has a big year. But outside of that, I think the core of this team is now has been expanded. And when you have that, you don't have the drop off and you can compete in more games because there won't be such a dramatic fall off. It used to happen to uh, LeBron and the Lakers his first year with the Lakers. You know, LeBron would play as soon as he left the court. It was just mass chaos and they would just drop off like so he had to play like almost 38 minutes a game. I, I don't think that that's going to be the situation, obviously, with the Suns team. I think Devin Booker, Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden will make sure of that. And uh, it, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, no, I definitely think uh, this team, Saul, you're right on that this team is much deeper than it had been. Um, I love Dario coming back <clears throat> uh, for the role that he played in the bubble. And what I really like is that James Jones uh, fashioned the roster around that. The role Dario played in the bubble is because Aaron Baines was out, out with COVID, was as the primary backup to DeAndre Ayton. And that he got a chance to shine in that second unit because he is kind of like a playmaker. He doesn't rack up the assists. But as Monty Williams calls him, he's a connector in that he gets that offense flowing. It's a it's a 0.5 second offense, meaning you're supposed to decide what to do in less than a second. Uh, every time you touch the ball, you're either going to shoot, you're going to drive or you're going to pass. And Dario's good at making sure that happens out there. He doesn't have to get the assists. And then when uh, things do break down. He actually has the ability to drive right into the dude uh, he's it's in front of him and get to the cup. So he was great in the bubble. What's really was really cool is that Dario was really on the outs in January, February. Right. And then only injuries got him back in the lineup right before COVID hit. And then he took that entire um, break, basically, the quarantine, to get in better shape, get stronger, come back into the gym, refocus, rededicate. And his role was perfect in the bubble as a backup stretch five. And he doesn't have to be a dude just hanging out on the wing, waiting for that catch and shoot three. He's much better when he's in a playmaking role. And his, his attitude was so much better in interviews, uh, after practices and post game and post games and stuff than it had been in the middle of the year when he's a little down on everything. Um, he is really focused and he wanted to come back and he said he wanted to come back and it, I'm glad he is. It takes time to adjust, you know, and yeah. that's, that goes to my point earlier about, you know, am I optimistic about this season? I'm like, yeah, I'm optimistic, but I think there's going to be some learning curves for this team early on. Cause it, again, like you said, Espo, it's a truncated early part of the season. You got to jam a lot of different things into a small window, and it takes a little bit of time. Now they have some vets on this team that are going to help in Crowder and and Paul, which they did not have before uh, to that to that level. So I'm excited about that. But you know, there's a learning curve, and Sarge was not very good in January and February. Could not find his shot. Was really struggling confidence wise. And, you know, he did go to a, I think he, I believe he went to a vegan diet and he lost um, a lot of weight and, and came back looking better than ever, a little quicker. And, um, and, and I think more than ever, you saw him post up quite a bit in the bubble 
which is not necessarily what was happening b- prior to the bubble. And I think Monty found out a different yeah. way to use him, which I thought was yeah. way more effective. And guess who actually is? And Blaze Megatron in the, in the chat actually commented on it. And I was, I had been thinking about this in prior days, but I'm glad you brought it up today. Blaze is actually sticks. Uh, rookie Jalen Smith does fit pretty well next to Dario because sticks can do the blocks at that he can protect the rim on the weak side. He can uh, he can do that defensively while Dario can't. Dario is going to be a little stronger on defense. Uh, Dario is actually more effective than we expect him to be defending big men in the post when they're trying to bang in there. But he doesn't have the verticality to block the shots, and Sticks does. Um, and also, Sticks is much more happy with with standing out on the perimeter to take the three, so Dario can operate in the paint. I think that's actually a pretty good combo. And might be what gets Jalen Smith into that second unit a little bit. Saul, did you just put up a, a comment in the chat from Dave? Well, yeah, Dave was talking. Because Dave was talking about uh, about Jay Crowder playing about 75% of the games. And then Eric Ripley out of nowhere is like, well, 51 out of 72. Technically, it's two-thirds and three-fourths. actually oh, a little really? over 70%. But, you know. <laughs> we got math in the, in the chat today. Are we Get really being, you know, like, oh, Math had entered the chat. It, it, Eric, so, just but, let it go, buddy. Just let hey. it go. Dave, Dave, I have I have bought property on the River Sticks. I'm excited to see what River you can Sticks. do with it. Yeah, we've we've moved on from Bender Island and Kaminsky Cove. We are squarely <laughs> on the banks of the River Sticks now, uh, and I'm excited for that. So I I, I do like that point where uh, Sticks can play that uh, that defensive role next to Dario in that second unit. But I think we've undervalued what the re-signing of Javon Carter means. I actually think that's one of the sneaky best moves made in this mm-hmm. offseason when you pair him with Chris Paul, because I think what Chris Paul is going to do for Javon Carter is going to take him to another level. Uh-oh. We already I mean, know he's tenacious on defense. Defensively. He works hard. Yeah, and, and I don't think you're ever going to make Javon Carter a world-class offensive player. But defensively, uh, I think Chris Paul is going to take that tenacity he has and, and kind of mold it in his own uh, in his own image. There, I, I think we're going to see Javon Carter's defense become even more heady, and that excites me uh, on a second unit where other guys can can handle the offense, but you're going to get Javon Carter playing some lockdown defensive minutes and really what you hope for from your second unit is that first group gets a lead second unit at least keeps it at that or extends it a little and how do you do that with good defense Javon Carter is going to be able to provide that let's look at Aaron Baines no longer a member of the Sun he sons he winds up in Toronto I mean, he wasn't a member of the Suns during the draft show because Dave had his ass crossed out already <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, the writing was, was on the writing crap. was literally on the wall uh, was it was it <laughs> was it was a addition by subtraction do you feel like they lost something in letting Baines go and letting him join former son Alex Len as the new Twin Towers in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Also, Kristen, let my man stay and watch the rest of the stream for crying yeah. out loud. MT, Stop stay hating. with us. Let's go now. Anyway, yeah, I mean, losing Baines is like, okay, that hurts, but I just feel like they did enough to to compensate on the perimeter without him now, and I don't, I, I don't see that as a huge loss. On the perimeter? That's all I have to say about that. Offensively, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. he definitely was willing to take a bunch of threes for the Suns. Uh, so that that actually did help a ton this past year, Aaron Baines, when he was on. 
when he was playing well and taking those shots and making those shots, the Suns were better. We're going to miss Aaron Baines. There's no, there's no going around about that. It's uh, whether the Suns are better this year overall has nothing to do with whether Aaron Baines was individually improved upon. Uh, he is a great, he was a great locker room presence. He was really good for the team. He kept the team together when, uh, when DeAndre Aiden got that suspension and disappointed the entire franchise and the fan base, um, Aaron Baines kept that thing to kept that the whole team together. And he was one of the veterans that they needed to help teach guys how every play matters and every game matters. So we're going to miss Aaron. Uh, we're also going to miss Ricky and, and, and Kelly as well, but that doesn't, it's still okay for the Suns to be better this year than they were last year. Yeah, I think the guy that's going to miss Aaron Baines the most is uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think Aaron Baines helped teach yeah. him how to communicate on defense, how to do different things, and he's not going to have that mentor uh, as a as a backup mm -hmm. center really anymore. He's yeah. going to have Chris Paul in his ear constantly, and we'll see how that goes. It, it'll sound a lot like Dave, you and I on, on Twitter going back and forth. I have a feeling that's what it's going to sound like. Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton's ear constantly. Uh, we'll see if that... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, Aaron Baines', I, Aaron Baines is, um, words are being replaced by Chris Paul telling I prefer to, Aiden with I, more colorful endings and beginnings. I prefer to think that before I got here, here, you guys were kind of like the Baines and the DA, and now I've entered the group chat and I've said, "Hey, we're not doing that." And we've uh, kind of oh, fixed you're a few the, things. You're I'm the Chris, Chris Paul, Paul huh? in this yeah. scenario. No, yes. you are not. <laughs> you may be the new Chris Paul, but you are not Chris Paul. Let's make that very clear. Uh, and uh, and no love, no love. I, at don't, all. I don't know. I guess I would have been DeAndre Ayton in that situation because I'm the you're younger, the Dario. You're a connector, man. That's I'm the younger, you more talented one than Dave, but I don't know <laughs> how, how that would play out. So preseason, you know I'm wise enough and old enough to let you go with that one, but okay, we all know it's not true. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for letting me <laughs> feed my own ego while we're here. Hey, we've got actual basketball coming up. Right. There's actual basketball that will start being played on December 12th. The Suns play two in Utah. Then the Lakers come to town for two in Phoenix. That's your four preseason games, which I am shocked that they jammed four preseason games yeah. into this truncated thing. I, I thought I have maybe no idea two. why they push for that, because the no very few teams even even uh, televise those things. So yeah. why force four of them? I don't get that either. Wow. But it is interesting that they're um, they're home and they're they're not home and home, but they're like a, a pair of games. Yeah. So the Suns play two in Utah. They stay the whole time, and then they come home, and the Lakers play two in Phoenix before the season starts. Um, I thought that was yeah. Why force four though? Well, we yeah. heard rumors that this may be the way that the schedule goes, that they take a baseball approach where mm -hmm. you go in for series against against teams. So it's interesting to see that that's the way they went in the preseason as well, which it's – oh, that image. Uh, it's an image of Chris Paul in a Suns uniform, and that, that warms my heart. Uh, that gets me excited on a Saturday morning uh, to, <laughs> to see that. But I, I think that may be part of it, and – I, I also think there may be an element where TV's got to figure out and, and in arena people have to figure out how they're going to present these games because you're not going to have fans uh, in, in most cases. So how do you make this feel uh, a, a certain way as well? I think there's, I think that's part of it too. So watching, um, so watching some college basketball, 
Um, that's the first kind of insight you get to how maybe arenas are going to structure things like uh, down at the U of A yesterday, they play, they're playing grambling and the stands were actually pushed all the way back. Um, and they, they were able to put signage on the back. So it almost looked like a pseudo hockey rink, if you will. Um, and I think that might be a, a perspective that, um, you know, the Suns might take and they might move some things or put some signage or fake, you know, enough with the fake fans, like the cutouts. I'm not a big fan of like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, it's cool to see your picture on the screen, I guess. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of it. All right, so I'd like you know, to announce like bubble games as well. Then, because they use basically the the surrounding part of the court as for signage and big uh, big LEDs and all that. Yeah, I would like to uh, announce here uh, on the solar panel that we will be starting a GoFundMe to get a full section of the arena of cardboard cutouts just of Saul uh, at, at PHX <laughs> Arena. Just different because expressions, he's different facial it. expressions. Yes. And yes, yeah, exactly. It, it, Big, it huge 30 foot Saul. I think they yeah. should get creative with it. Like, why not put like the court, like, you know, I don't know, maybe put it out, out at Chase Field and let them play inside Chase Field for a game. Like, you know, like they, they play games on aircraft carriers. Like, why not? Like, hey, what, what, what do you have to lose at this point? Let's just play street ball. I mean, there's going to be I mean, no fans. Real, let's just, put yeah. them on, put yeah. them on the blacktop. I would <laughs> yeah. love to see that. Yeah, let's just do that. Why not? You know, <laughs> yeah, we, we just paid two hundred fifty million for a new arena. Ball that would stop a lot. That would stop a lot of flopping. I will say <laughs> that right now. Nobody <laughs> oh, is flopping rash. on the ground <laughs> on the <laughs> on the blacktop. Oh man, I I just I don't see it, but. I'm excited that we're going to see real basketball in a matter of weeks. Let's shift gears. And before we do, reminder. Guys, can we just tell everyone, don't get excited. There's there's almost zero chance any of the preseason games are going to be on any television format. No, it, we always complain about that every year, and there's even less revenue. The show. image there's, the image said it's it, going to be incorrect. on. Yeah, it'll be on Fox Sports Arizona. There, Dave. Dave can't read. Uh, <laughs> I, apologize. No, I am no, wrong the, again for the no, second the time. First, I was off by 3%, and now Let's I'm go. off by... Talking out of the side of your mouth. You don't know the facts. Let's go now. Let me let me Sorry just say that. this. I, I love that Dave put in so much research with our partners <laughs> over Fox. We have no way to find out if these games are going to be on Fox Sports we Arizona. No way. <laughs> it literally, it literally says right there on the screen on the Fox Maybe Sports Show app it. right there. And, right and Fox there. Sports, yeah. Let, let look. We <laughs> we will be able to watch these preseason games well, and damn. oh, we will watch every second of them. <laughs> out of pure excitement to see. I mean, I even want to see Dave, the back half. Literally, of the all you had to do was Saul. That Are was we going to see that these games of Fox Sports? Every, I am print. right here. <laughs> so now we have to do a thirty-second man Fox Sports Arizona hat to remind me of who you work for. <laughs> uh, you can watch every one of these preseason games coming up on our partner Fox Sports Arizona and the Fox Sports Go app. We we recommend you turn in tune in to hear Kevin Ray and Eddie Johnson on the call. It should be exciting. And I'm going to guess we have Suns Live with Tom and Tom before at halftime and post game of each of those shows. Remember, that's Fox Sports Arizona where you can watch your Suns games. I think I just made up Espo for the just, fact that Espo just did his own one-minute solo uh, promo, and we're going to cut that and put it on air. <laughs> 
for sure. I, mean, <laughs> I figured want, we had to make up for TV, Dave yeah. saying, well, we're not going to see these on TV. Fox <laughs> don't, even, don't hold your breath. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a local blackout. This is 1985 <laughs> all over again. Dave, yeah, no. Dave's, used to, Dave's used to local blackouts uh, back in the 80s. But anyways, let's shift gears. That was gears. Well, it was a different topic. Yeah. Do not do not forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons all, uh, on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, wherever you're watching. Uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, you can find us on every podcast channel and you can join. Hit the join button on the YouTube page. It helps support the show. That's my shameless plug after giving Fox their sports Arizona their their one minute there. So let's shift gears to. Uh, Are we going to do post games even on the preseason games? Yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll figure out. Yeah. We I got to beg my wife for permission. No, see, to, he committed to everyone else way. to doing their stuff, but not, but not I us. Guys, no, I got to check with the misses. I don't make my own schedule. I don't make we, those decisions. Yeah, we we do it this early because the misses is still asleep, and I I don't have to ask for permission. Wait, if neither of you make though. the decisions, who makes the decisions? <laughs> we just we, we shake a magic eight ball and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. seems about the the way uh, certain Suns teams in the past did it too. So in this Not case, this don't year, hold though. your breath, Suns fans. <laughs> I am actually trying to get somewhere. I promise you that there is another segment we're trying to get to, and that's going to be this. If if we can, uh, gentlemen, could the Suns have the best offense in the Western Conference this year? Last year they were eighth. You're replacing Ricky Rubio with CP3. Obviously, you take a little step back with Jay Crowder replacing Kelly Oubre, but you hope growth from other guys fills that in. Do you feel that this team could be the top, if not one of the top, offenses in the West? So let me explain why I even put that down. Is David Locke of Locked On Sports? He uh, he kind of started the the whole series of Locked On podcasts, and we have a Locked On Suns one locally as well. Um, the, he, I don't know, he created his own metric called points gained and, um, he, he predicted pretty well last year's offenses in each conference. And this is just offense only metric. And he said last night, he posted yesterday in the afternoon that, uh, that the Suns are by far projected to have the best offense in the West. I love that you buried who David Locke really is. He's the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz as well. He's not just some yeah, guy but on I don't, the internet I don't think like of us. play-by-play guys as being the statisticians hey. that you rely uh, projections on. So well, I guess I, I don't know that we can trust his math. I'll take it because he said the Suns are going to be number one, but Any I didn't math look that says at the, the equation. Good, I trust. <laughs> I didn't look at the equation. Saul, do you think, based on the sum of the parts here, that this Suns team could be one of the best offensively in the West. Ooh. <clears throat> well, this is Salt saying the Suns aren't going to make the playoffs. So you asked. No, don't put words into my mouth, Dave. <laughs> don't even try it. So I, think the Suns will be, I think the Suns will be a top five team in the West. That's what oh. I think. Yes, I absolutely do. I That's just think it's going to track. I just think there's going to be a little, a little bit of a learning curve there in the first couple weeks. So if they start off like five and five, just everybody put the Twitter down, it's going to be okay. Um, now, with that being said, do I think they're going to be one of the best, the best, not even one of the best, just the best offensive team in the West? Oh, that's uh, – actually, now that Golden State is out with Klay Thompson, I would say yes. Yes, they so, will. Saul was soaking in that bathtub of mediocrity and hopped out real quick when <laughs> David like, 
what Dave was like, ah, Saul's saying they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, Saul's like, no. Saul's never, out of this Saul now. has never said that. Word for word, <laughs> Saul has never said that. Oh, I, I think he oh, Saul think went he, from washed to all clean. <laughs> I, I think the I think the bath of, of mediocrity should be a reoccurring thing that different people are soaking in throughout this year. Uh, I, I think I think they certainly have the opportunity to, but it comes down to what we talked about earlier. How does this team gel? Chemistry is going to be everything this season, especially when there's a a better than good chance that there's going to be guys that miss time uh, potentially for COVID and injuries in a truncated 72 games season. You're going to have to have really good chemistry to overcome that. And it's going to, it's going to have to develop fast here for the Suns, and and if they don't have it in the beginning, the first half of the year, that could slow their progress offensively. Uh, will they be a really good offensive team? I don't think there's any doubt in that. To be number one in the West, though, things are going to have to click, and they're going to have to click really fast, and I'm just not sure. I have faith that Monty Williams, if anybody, could figure out a way to build chemistry uh, in a truncated uh, situation like this. He can, but I am not ready to jump in with both feet and say, yes, they will be the number one offensive team. Uh, When you're simply looking at math and analytics, uh, yeah, I could see where you make that jump. But we've all learned uh, and learned this lesson hard over the last decade. It's not just what's on paper. It has a lot to do with the people and the personalities as well. And that's going to come into play when it comes to the Suns. So we shift gears from will they be the top offensive team to Will they be a top four team in the West and get home court advantage? Mm. Uh, I think we already know what Saul said. They're going to be 10th in the West is what I heard. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We got them written down, man. So, so Dave, let's start with you. Is the Suns team is the Suns team? I hate you both, just so we know that. Western Conference team as Saul dips his toe back in the bathtub of mediocrity. Well, can we – I, you know, yeah, uh, I think the Suns are going to be fighting for home court. What I'd like us to do, if we could, is go through each of the com- com- competition, talk through what they did so far this offseason, how they finished last season, and then just we kind of just vote. Do we think they're better or worse than the Suns? Okay, and let's that might start. get let's us there. Let's what do, do you it. think? Look, all right. What, so the, the Lakers added a bunch of uh, a bunch of depth. I mean, I think. I think we could, uh, you know, people know what the Lakers and technically they haven't re-signed Anthony Davis yet, but we won't hold that against them. We know that's coming. Uh, so we'll assume they're re-signing Anthony Davis as well. They had Montrez Harrell, which is is interesting that he went from one side of the Staples Center to another. Uh, and they added Marcus Gasol. Uh, there, there's depth there with the Lakers. Are the Suns better than the Lakers? I think this will be a quick one. No. no yeah, obviously not. So you, so you look at the Clippers, which is the next logical group. And Dave, if, if I miss anything or if you don't think I'm nope, thorough enough in, in this, let me know. But the Clippers uh, lost uh, Montrez Harold. They're talking about trading Lou Williams. Uh, they, they've had some subtractions uh, in, in Clipper land. They brought back uh, Marcus Morris, I believe, was one of... Uh, of the moves, which I always count that as a negative. If you're adding a more uh, yeah. to your roster <laughs> for, any, for any <laughs> significant amount of money. Uh, <laughs> but is that enough to swing the pendulum in the sun's favor when they still have Kawhi, they still have Paul George. They um, also yeah. got a deal 
in Serge Ibaka. That's true. They yeah, got yeah, Serge. They, they when I saw that he had signed for $9 million yeah. a year, it almost broke my heart because I was like, oh, we, we could have gotten him. Wow. Well, I think it might. I think, look, the, neither Serge nor Jay Crowder uh, signed until day two when guys like uh, Josh Jackson were signing on day one. So I think I think they were both choosing amongst different offers that were almost the same money, and they just ended up um, – look, Serge – Serge has a right to choose the Clippers. They have a better chance of make, winning the championship because they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is is uh, two-time finals MVP for different teams. And uh, the only reason they didn't, uh, their chemistry fell apart in the bubble uh, this past summer. But I think they're going to be right back there. In fact, they, they're probably going to challenge the Lakers for the number one seed. So I don't think the Clippers are uh, any lower than the second seed. Yeah, I agree there. I, I don't see them dropping off the table uh, enough for the Suns to overcome them. They do have a new head coach in, in Ty Lue. Maybe it'll take a little while to adjust there. I doubt it, but it, that's that's the only real question mark is is what does the coaching look like this season? But even Ty Lue has championship pedigree. Uh, granted, he did it with LeBron, but uh, he has he has championship pedigree. So it'll be interesting. Saul, what do you think, Suns or Clippers? Where are you going? Uh, yeah, I give it I give it to the Clippers, but barely. And the reason why is because. I mean, come on now. You got you got playoff P on that team, man, and he never shows up. That's true. In clutch situations, man. I, I don't That's know. That's a good point. Very I'm good not a big. Point. I'm not a big believer in uh, Paul George since his Indiana Pacers days. So um, I think I think there's a lot to be desired with the Clippers. I think they're still missing that one bigger piece, and I don't think Paul George is it. And so I, I don't know. I, I give it to him barely, just because they have Kawhi Leonard, who I think is the top three player in this league, but. Well, let me ask a question that probably uh, I, I, I'm okay if there's no good answer to it, but who's more likely to succumb to the age factor, Serge Ibaka or Chris Paul? Serge I think it's Serge Ibaka because he bases his game more on his athleticism than Chris Paul does. Yeah, I, I agree there, but I think it's unfair to compare those two on the same level. The yeah. Suns are, are hoping Chris Paul has has a massive impact. The Clippers are hoping Serge Ibaka fills a small small a role to help piece, them yeah. get over the top. Ooh, I, I think it's bigger than a small role. I think it's 25. He's, for them it, to win a championship, he's got to play 25, 30 minutes a game. Chris Paul is essentially the engine that, that's going to make the Suns yes. like go, whereas Serge Ibaka is a tire. You can replace him with a spare. He'll be all right. Yeah, look, and okay. uh, to Saul's point I earlier, I didn't ask would the Suns beat the Clippers in the playoffs. Uh, I said would they are they better in in, in the Western Conference regular season standings? Yeah. So, yeah, I give so a slight playoff, edge to the Clippers. Playoff yeah. P doesn't come into doesn't come into play until they. Yeah, but the pandemic playoffs, P but, does. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true. So so we move into a range that I think this gets a little bit more interesting. Denver. Yeah. Uh, and I think we can group these two to, together and discuss them at the same time. Denver and Houston, uh, both of these teams played very well last year. Uh, Denver has lost a handful of the guys on their roster, uh, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap. Uh, they, I think they've taken a step back talent-wise on the roster. And then you look at it, and Houston is one of the more dysfunctional 
places on the planet right now uh, in terms of basketball. I, James Harden's asking out. They're apparently shopping Russell Westbrook like he's going out of style, which is tough when uh, he dresses the way Russell Westbrook does. But yeah, they're they are they are trying to attempting to blow it up. They they let Daryl Morey go. They let Mike D'Antoni go. Like this, the entire thing seems like it's an upheaval. So, are the Suns better than Denver or Houston? They are definitely better than Houston. I, I won't even hesitate with that because even if you have those guys in the fold, there's still so much drama between those two when it comes to that team. I just can't imagine what coach is going to try and, and build that chemistry all the way from top to bottom. I just don't see it, especially when once you start hearing rumors and you know you're being shopped like Westbrook and we all know how Westbrook is such a head case, that ain't going to fly, man. It just isn't going to work. And with Denver – the only – I think Denver and Phoenix are, are about equal now. I will say that. I think that Denver and Phoenix are equal. I give a slight edge because I have seen more from Jamal Murray, I think, than we all expected. I mean, when he's dropping 40, 45 points um, in, in the in the playoffs, like I saw a different Jamal Murray during the playoffs, and I just thought that he was, he was phenomenal, um, damn near unguardable. And so – I think because of that, I give a slight edge, but Devin Booker's right there. And if Devin Booker's in the playoffs, maybe we see the same the same exact thing. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. the only reason why I give a slight edge. But I think they're they're just about equal <clears throat> right now. I yeah, I don't think. <clears throat> sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I don't think that uh, Denver fans will even count on Jamal Murray averaging fifty next season. Um, I think. He was in a particular zone for various reasons. He had a couple of post-game interviews where he said um, he was really locked in for social reasons and things like that. Um, we've all seen for the past few years that Jamal Murray is extremely inconsistent as far as his highs and his lows. And I don't know that he's overcome those all of a sudden. So I, it's a wait and see thing. But if Jamal Murray is as good as he was in the bubble, and he stays that way all next year, uh, then they are probably better than the Suns on the top end. I think, plus they didn't have Will Barton. They barely had Gary Harris. Gary Harris had a terrible year when he was playing. I still, th I think they're a better team. Uh, doesn't mean the Suns couldn't beat them in a series. I just think they're probably regular season. They're going to have more wins in the regular season. Like Houston is a weird situation to me. Uh, you have Harden and Westbrook who obviously both are distracted by everything going on. And then their big offseason move was to add Christian Wood, who supposedly is a guy that that may have attitude issues as well. So you've basically created a powder keg that yeah. that's ready to explode or probably more likely implode In on, on these guys. Yeah, like it's just it's not I don't talent wise, they they're probably right there with the Suns, but everything else makes it makes the Suns, I think, a better team than the Houston Rockets. And I think it's almost tough to debate that unless somehow yeah. they unless they spend the two weeks of training camp and group therapy rather than working on basketball. I don't think we're going to see Houston uh, magically be a top Western Conference Out, team outside mm -hmm. of L.A. and New York. I think Houston has the most drama per sports team in the yeah. entire country. Yeah. And it's not going anywhere. 
I mean, they haven't done any, yet anything with Russell Westbrook yeah. and James Harden, and both of them were unhappy with uh, their role. I mean, <laughs> so that's not going to go well. And Christian Wood is not the dude who's going to come in and calm down the locker room, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think <clears throat> I think they're a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Uh, they're definitely going to be a team that – James Harden's always great in the regular season. So the, they'll have wins, but I think they're definitely um, – Assuming health for both teams, I think they're definitely worse than the Suns, but they'll be in the playoff picture, I think. I am I'm gonna give Denver the nod over the Suns just based on experience. Uh having been been through it, been a top Western Conference team. The only way the Suns are better than than Denver is if Aiton takes a massive step. Like a, a massive no longer are we wondering will he be a star, but he says I am a star. Uh, and that happens earlier rather than later in the season. Then I'll go, give, give them the edge over Denver. But if you go player for player wise, and it, let's just say for for all intents and purposes, this was a matchup, and they're going to play each other. Jokic has to be worried about DeAndre Aiden as much as DeAndre Aiden has to be worried about Jokic. And if that yes. happens, then I think the edge definitely goes to the Suns. Yes, but until that point, I'm going to give Denver the nod. Yep. We move into, let's talk about the Jazz next. I think this is another team that's very close uh, to the Suns. I'm going to, I'll start with this one. I give the Suns a slight nod, and it comes down to one position point guard. Mike Conley, I think, uh, has has fully immersed himself in that bathtub, uh, and and Chris Paul uh, is not there yet. So uh, everything else, I think, they're pretty equal. Donovan Mitchell. I have this vision of like we could we could Photoshop those guys in the Devin Booker pose after the game winner laying down <laughs> in the in the in bathtub. bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, I I, I think it, it comes down to that position. I give CP three the nod over Mike Conley because you look at at the center position. I'm going to give Gobert the slight nod over Aiton, shooting guard. I'm going to give Booker the slight nod over over Donovan Mitchell. I, I feel like these two teams are almost that Spider-Man meme where they're both looking at each other like, I recognize that right there. And, and they're very similar. But I think the Suns, because of CP3, get the nod over the Jazz. Uh, Saul, where are you on that? Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, the Suns have actually competed against the Jazz pretty uh, pretty well, uh, even last season. So I think now that you've added CP3 and some other pieces, I definitely think that they get the nod over the Jazz. Dave? Uh, you know, the, yeah, no, the Suns definitely get the nod over the Jazz, I believe, as well. Um, I, I think it's going to be really clear to everybody now that you don't have the but Donovan Mitchell's on a better team argument anymore. I think uh, you're now going to see how much better Devin Booker is than Donovan Mitchell this year. And that's really all uh, Utah has really. Um, obviously they have Gobert on the back line on defense, but I think he's, I, I think that's not quite right anymore. That's a, that they're not gelling quite as well as they used to. So I, I really think the Suns are definitely better than the jazz and uh, they'll have a slightly higher seed. Yep, uh, I think we're in agreement there. We move into Portland. Oh, Steve Holler made a good point. Sorry, Favors really helps the Jazz. They did bring Favors back. He is a really good defensive player. But I think the days of them playing Favors and Gobert together 
are over. I think definitely they're they're uh, accepting the modern NBA. They're going to play Boyan at power forward. He, they are better with Boyan uh, offensively for sure, um, and they did still play pretty good defense. So I see Favors really in a smaller backup role to Gobert. Yeah, and I think it's very similar to what the Suns did with the bench. So again, I have, I think these are two two sides of a very similar coin. I think just that point guard position gives the Jazz the nod. Uh, let's move a little bit quicker. Uh, rapid fire here, Portland. Where do we lay uh, land on Portland? Versus- I don't think you can go rapid fire on Portland, man. They got a lot better in this off season. They brought in the perfect guy for their style because they've kept their coach. They kept their backcourt. Uh, the perfect guy for their style is Robert Covington. They always wanted to have a guy like that, and they haven't really had a guy like that since Alpha Rukaminu. Um, <clears throat> I know that's a low bar, but Aminu was really good for them um, playing off of the the two guards. The thing with Portland that's going to top them out, going to cap them on talent is, and uh, I don't think I'm wrong on this, C.J. McCollum is not as good as everyone says C.J. McCollum is. He's not your great number two. The Suns obviously have a better top two than Portland does. Um, Yusuf Nurkic, I think the Suns are better uh, with DeAndre Ayton than with than they are with Yusuf. Uh, so I just think overall the Suns are a better team. But Portland is a team to watch because Damian Lillard just hits game winners. He just does. Yeah, I mean, Damien will drop sixty on you and and not even think twice about it. And that's the thing is, right. is is he is such a dynamic player, and he really could when his hot is probably hotter than anybody else's hot in the league outside of maybe a Steph Curry and maybe even Devin. But I mean, oh, you don't want to see De- Damian Lillard in the playoffs, like yeah, you just I, don't. I think that's the case, but. Damian Lillard can't carry it alone. He needs CJ McCollum to come back to form. Uh, obviously, Robert Robert Covington's a nice piece. I'm going to give the Suns a slight nod Same. here, but uh, I, I, out of all the teams, I don't even think that that's the the one team that I'm like that I think maybe could overtake the Suns in terms of like the three or four spot. It's probably the team coming up here. Yeah, the the experience is is the thing that you gotta you gotta nod to with a lot of these teams uh, that the Suns don't have. Golden State Warriors. This is the wild card to me when looking uh, mm. at, at all of this. Uh, how do they come back? Lots of injuries last year. Uh, they obviously added Weissman and Kelly Oubre. How does this team gel? Like Clay Thompson still out. This team is the one I can't. I don't have a really good read on. How about? I think I I think they're going to be a seven or eight seed. I I just I don't see. I love Steph Curry. He is my favorite player of all time. I will say that a million times over. But he can't carry the whole load because he is dependent on other people Mm -hmm. to be able to facilitate to him. Okay, they do a great job of getting him off ball screens um, and him trying to shoulder the load. That's why Clay was such a valuable part of that team. Without Clay in the fold, who is that second scorer? Who's that guy that can consistently get his own shot no matter what? They don't have it. They just don't have it. It's only Steph. You know, Kelly will get you some points, but he can't create his own shot at any given moment. You know what I mean? He just doesn't have that type of ability. And so I, I think they're a seven or eight seed. I, I just don't see it higher. Unless Wiseman comes in and he's just all see, of a sudden like the Do you the see seven or eight coming. on the top end for them? Is that what you're like, – I mean, what's, top their end, top, what's their top range? Top end, I would say six to eight would be their top. I don't see them being better than – Man, I, see, I think their range is much wider than that. I think <clears> – <throat> excuse me, you've still got Steve Kerr. 
You still got Steve Curry. You still got yeah. Steph Curry. Have you, you gotten got... tested recently, he, Dave? No, he's, he's yeah, just, no. He's, he's just old man. thinking about old man. <laughs> I choke on my own saliva half the time. So um, no, don't worry about me. Um, look, you've got, you've still got a lot of the pieces from a finals team. However, those pieces were losing by 30 the first four games, and they were down 30 to the Suns before Steph got hurt this past year. With two, with replacing Clay Thompson with an all-star in D'Angelo Russell. So you could say, well, now they got Kelly Oubre. Yeah, but is Kelly that much better than D'Angelo Russell? I don't think so. Um, so you've got a – their range is pretty wide, I think. I mean, they could just go on yeah. a – Go on, De- uh, on, go on a run. And Kelly Oubre is absolutely better than D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is the most overrated player in the NBA. I will say that right now. <laughs> okay, all right. So they could they could have a high end and be a middle seed in the in the West playoffs. They could have a low end and miss the playoffs. I just I have no idea what to expect from these guys. Yeah, but the I Suns think- are better. The Suns are better than them. I just don't know what to expect. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. My guess is they will be a team that struggles early on and comes on late in the season. I think Saul's probably right. It's six to eight is where they wind up. Uh, it, could they catch lightning a bottle? Of course. Steph Curry is still there. And I do not deny the power of what Steph Curry can do. And Draymond mm-hmm. uh, is there as well. So there is opportunity for them, but I just see it. it, it Wiggins, Ubre, Weissman, uh, and trying to figure out how to fit it all together. I think that's going to take time, and that'll that'll slow their ability to win early. I think they the, come on late, though. The X factor, however, for the Warriors, and we've all seen this, we all know this, is that their front office is very creative and willing to spend the money and willing to make the trades necessary to keep them a contender. We've seen it. They've done it. They just took an $80 million hit on Kelly Oubre for one year. Like, Yeah, what? but they're really capped, though. Like, really? Sure, sure. But I'm what, saying, like, yeah. they they are, are – out of all the front offices in the NBA, you yeah. probably trust them the most to make something happen, yeah. right? Their, so trade, their the big trade pieces are Wiseman, for one, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously Kelly Oubre is very tradable with his contract. They've got some really good trade pieces on that team. So, yeah, you're right. That's I, a team to watch. I think Draymond's a guy that they might move to. That would not surprise me that they go, you know what – we let's maximize on that value. What we but if they're trying can. to patch together this year's team, you know, with the trade, uh, yeah. depends on how he's playing. Obviously. When you when you yeah. trade a guy like Draymond Green, man, that's who that is touchy touchy yeah. because he's one of those guys that in, in, in on the interior he has that that kind of he's the backbone of that team. He yeah. is he's the yeah. heart and soul of that team. Like whether he you hate him or not, that fifteen win team last year too. Yeah. yeah. So Memphis, last team we're going to talk about is the rest. Really? Of the we're not is even going to talk about the Mavericks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> since I don't ever think about uh, about uh, the, he who shall not be named, I don't consider the Mavericks any much of anything. Oh my god! Ignore the what? guy that's there. Yes. Oh my god! The Mavs yeah. might be a top five team. We're just going to disregard yeah. them like I'm they don't dis- even exist. Disregard oh, them. The city of Dallas, okay. you don't exist to me. Uh, yo, you're, you're dead to me, Luca. You're dead. The dirt years, they don't exist <laughs> to me. Name. Don't say the name. Mark Mark Cuban does not exist to me. You all are, are irrelevant in my mind. So We're talking about Memphis. I'm okay. so sick of right. Memphis. Let's talk about Dallas. Memphis? 
We talking Memphis? All right, We're talking uh, about let's Dallas. Let's do Memphis real quick. Let's do Memphis real quick. Uh, Memphis, I think, um, is going to have a uh, a little bit of a down year compared to last year's little feel good moment. They didn't really improve in the off season. Um, they're staying really young. As great as John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. are, I think they're exactly where they were this past year, fighting for the play-in tournament. Dude, I I I agree. I think they're going to be fighting for you know that eight, nine, ten seed. Um, and yes, I will explain Daniel Duarte how the Mavs could possibly be a <laughs> top five team. Yeah, I mean Jesus, I you got a potential MVP on that team. I don't wait, care wait, if you hate your, him. Like him. Memphis. JJ, MVP, yeah, Memphis. Sorry. Hold on, JJ right. Berea is, is an MVP candidate. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I think John Morant is going to take another step. I, I like his game. I think he's going to take another step, but. I agree with you, Dave. They didn't do enough in the offseason to really add around him, and that is going to be their downfall. So uh, Memphis seems like a team primed just because of youth to take a step back, and they lost the engine that made that team go in Josh Jackson. Who's going to uh, who, <laughs> who's going to get this team uh, high on uh, on their expectations? Someone and, actually <laughs> said Josh yeah. Jackson is, is on the resurgence. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude went to Detroit. Well, that is his hometown, so maybe you know Mama's home cooking oh, is yeah. going to make oh, him feel yeah. a little bit better. He's gonna, yeah, because putting putting a, a person who can't focus in their hometown is the I, best thing to do. I was so high on uh, on Memphis <laughs> until they lost Josh Jackson, and now I'm coming down off of uh, off of them. <laughs> uh, so, so I think we all agree Memphis is primed to stay in the same area where they are just because of you. So let's move on to the, uh, begrudgingly, admittedly mm. to the, uh, the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks who, uh, just because of the, uh, the blaze, you kill me, son. Just uh, hot, <laughs> hot box. Jackson, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly, I'm not going to get in legal trouble to make a joke there. Yeah. Being uh, at home, he gets to spend more time with his kid. Yeah, oh jeez. Let's not touch that. Let's just keep going. A higher okay, education Mavericks, for his Mavericks. child. Mavericks. Let's go into it. Saul, explain to us why he why they could be um, a top five seed. I won't say his name, but we all know his you name. Can say okay, it. Luka Luka Doncic. He's an oh, MVP candidate, on. dude. He's an MVP candidate. He's he's one of the top ten players in the NBA, if not higher. Like yeah. I, we might hate him because of the relationship between Aiden and Luca yeah. and all this other stuff. But I, taking I that out of the, the white James Harden, I mean, take, taking I taking like that out of the equation, Luca is the reason why they are going to be competitive in every yeah. single game. Like, Agreed. and if you don't think that they're going to be a top five team because you hate Luca, then you're just dumb. Like that's yeah. it. No, no, I, I don't think, say dumb. You're just you're just trying to uh, close your eyes to that possibility. Look, Don, Luka Doncic is a great player. I don't like watching him play because I just see James Harden with a little bit of a whinier attitude. Um, even though James whines too, uh, I don't love watching him play. He's he's he is a uh, he's a succubus on offense. He he pounds the ball, and he's so into um, you know foul baiting and all that stuff. But you know what? He's still an MVP candidate. He still will be top five MVP candidate, and he will have Dallas uh, fighting the Suns for a seed in the West. And I do think they are the fourth biggest threat to the Suns getting a home court advantage in the West. Look, I I make a lot of jokes about he who shall not be named and the Mavericks, but they are... Why? Why, hey, why, he, why? Why can't we talk about Luca? Why is just, that such a problem? Because it was such we're a not, thing two years we're ago. We're not going to talk about. Years we're ago, not going to talk decided about. We were going to be the one podcast that wasn't going to. S- 
constantly hammer that comparison. Listen, listen. I will never, ever, ever say the Suns made a mistake. I will never say anything about the Luka thing because I still think it's too early to tell. I still think it's way too early to tell, and I think DeAndre is going to develop into a superstar in this league. But I can say Luka. <laughs> look, look, this is called a marketing thing. Uh, I, I, coming from a, a marketing background in my day job, uh, having fun with it uh, gets people to talk about it. And that's why I say he who shall not be named. The, the 77 reasons I don't like the Dallas Mavericks, however you want to refer to it. <laughs> but look, I, uh, yes, Luca, see, I can do it. It will be uh, a, a top player in the West. And just having him on that roster keeps them in the conversation to be a top four team. There is no doubt well, about that. But let's Porzingis talk a little bit injury, about, yeah, go ahead, per, go ahead. Porzingis' no, injury good. impacts this team's ability to get off to a fast start. Uh, and I don't know if their depth is as good mm-hmm. as the depth that the Suns have. That's where that's where this really comes down to for me is how long is Porzingis actually out? Uh, how does he uh, how fast can he actually return to form? Because I don't think he got enough credit for the impact he had last year as well with this team. Luca can do a lot of things, but I don't think he can carry the load without without help. And Porzingis is the main guy that is that help in Dallas. Uh, I, so that's a, my concern. There's not a superstar in this league outside of maybe Giannis that can that can carry a, a team by themselves. Even LeBron needs help. And even Giannis comes up short in the playoffs because of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I think the days of of one player being the 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 high and mighty are, are just long gone. Luka well, needs and I help. Think if you've got all of your success focused on a single player, look, um, we're obviously in our salad days here right now. We've got two top end guys who can who can run the show in clutch, which would be Chris Paul and Devin what is, Booker. What does that mean? We're on salad a diet. Day? I don't know. The salad diet. Oh, okay. it's, uh, <laughs> like I don't know. What, what's our, a salad? Look, I'm old. You're in a honeymoon <laughs> phase. A Dave? Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're in a honeymoon phase. We're in a happy dance phase. The Suns have two guys they can turn to in the clutch rather than just the one of Devin Booker. Um, but you see teams like James Harden with the Rockets. He never gave any sunshine to anyone even though they had Chris Paul for a couple of years next to him and Russell Westbrook it was always at Harden or bust and they didn't know how to play without Harden being the the engine same same goes for several teams same goes for, for Giannis if Giannis is having a bad game the whole team's going to lose no one's going to win uh, no one's propping him up uh, and I'm really happy that the Suns do have a pair of guys like that uh, who can uh, Chris Paul focuses really hard in the fourth quarter and he makes a huge difference And Devin Booker obviously showed in the bubble that he's got that gene as well. He's just finally going to get a chance to show it. So I'm just real happy about that on winning playoff series. I really am. I can't wait to actually cover playoff series. This is so exciting. Um, but I do think there's only there. So back to the Mavericks, uh, Luka Doncic, one of the things that he's going to have the same problem James Harden's had, which is you, you, lead the top offense throughout the season, then you get in the playoffs, and then all they got to do is get you off your game, and they beat your team. 
I think every time Dave goes on one of these uh, long one <laughs> things, we should play the Beatles' long and winding road. Eventually, we get to the end, and we and we know where Dave is going. This, wanna, this just, is Espo who goes on ten minute rants without realizing any yeah, time passes. I was actually my, thinking about the Yellow Submarine. I was playing that in my head. <laughs> uh, look, this is the four five matchup in my mind, and I don't know who's going to be four, and I don't know who's going to be five. I think it's that close between the Suns and Mavericks here, but. After we go on this long-winded, will the Suns have home court? I'm starting to wonder, will it even matter? Will we even have fans, enough fans in in a building to have an impact on on a playoff series? By the time that rolls around, uh, we'll have to see. But four or five, I think, is where these two teams win. Or two teams wind up in the West. And the way I'm going to break this tie in my mind is that that New Jersey that each team re- released this offseason. The Mavericks have a white and gold jersey. It makes absolutely no sense. And the Suns have a beautiful the Valley jersey. So I'm going to say the Suns will finish fourth. The Mavericks will finish fifth in the West. We have uh, come to the best part of the show. Let's just let's just say it. It's Espo's Big Board. And this week, since we are in the season. This from the dude who gives me crap for, but anyway, go ahead. Dave, because you haven't been creative enough to come up with your own segment to allow you to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> that's your problem i came I up with don't this need to pimp myself so hard that's the guy who tweeted from his own website earlier today to say Ooh. that dave's a good co-host on this show pimps himself from the sun solar panel I, channel I, all the time i, I retweet you too can we mute this? hey hey i'm gonna chris paul this situation you two knock it off here we go <laughs> can, can we mute dave uh and this is my segment my time to ramble on like uh Look, it is the season of savings, so I decided this week's Espo's Big Board is going to be the top five values in Suns history. So, uh, so I'll throw number five on the screen there for me, if you would. It is P.J. Tucker. The man signed a, a veteran minimum two-year contract back in 2012. The one thing that Lance Blanks ever did right was P.J. Tucker, and he found him off the scrap heap in the, the dude played in Puerto Rico and Germany and all these different places, and they found him and signed him to a two-year minimum. That is the number five value. Back then. He was. He was. And he had been poked in the eye. That's why he was wearing the rec specs in that photo. But he is one of the ultimate values I have I've ever seen the Suns come up with. Let's move to number four on the big board. So it is Steve Nash. The man, look, I, I get it. A lot of people will say, well, shouldn't he be number one? on this list just based on what he did. And and I get it. But when you look at the money, it was a six year, $65 million deal. Uh, He earned about 11 million a year on that. I can't exactly call that a a super saver value here. This isn't a black Friday. Nowadays. nowadays. But back then this wasn't exactly a, a cyber Monday, black Friday kind of deal that they got. They got, (laughs) uh, they did pay him a lot of money. So he's number four on the list Let's moved to number three on the big board oh, here. Man, I'm trying we, to find number three. Where did it go? It just geez, it disappeared on me. The uh, production it value. There it is. There the it Charles Barkley deal. Yeah, this is sorry. The, I was the trying big to, deal. The Suns trade. I was trying trade. to find it. I was trying to find it with that hazy ass freaking picture and his pants that were just so cloudy. Look hey, at those pants. What do you want from? Well, that's stonewashed, man. It's that was sto- popular. Yeah, Dave still has a pair of those somewhere in the in the archives. Those are actually coming clothing. back into style. Thank you very much. No, <laughs> so Jeff Hornacek, Tim Perry, <laughs> and are, Andrew those are Lane. more sexy than gray sweatpants. 
uh, well, let's uh, let's not get too crazy <laughs> here. Uh, which which one of us has to rock gray sweatpants on this show eventually? But Jeff Hornacek, <laughs> Tim Perry, and Andrew Lang were the trade that brought the MVP Charles Barkley to town and put the Suns in the finals. We moved to number two on our best values in Suns history. It's tough to argue, Danny Manning. Does anybody remember? Go back to '94 off season. Danny yeah. Manning, former number one peak at the uh, pick at the peak of his powers, decides to sign a one year, one million dollar contract with the Suns. Basically, the Suns were were capped out, and and they had it. It said, "Danny, come here. We'll pay you a million this year. We're gonna take care of you on the back end, right? We're gonna we're gonna take care of you." They were 36 and 10, the best record in the league. Manning was having a pretty good season. And then Joe Klein fell on his knee and blew out, uh, blew out his knee. But still, even for $1 million to get them to the 36 and 10 mark, it was a heck of a value. And the number one value in Suns history, it was when the Phoenix Suns traded Larry Nance, Mike Sanders, and a first round pick. For Kevin Johnson, Ty Corbin, Mark West, and a first-round pick that became Dan Marley. This is the best value. And you'll notice in this photo, Kevin Johnson is wearing number 11. This is not a Photoshop photo. When he came here in 87, most people don't know this, that was the number he wore. Number 11 moved to number 7 in 88. But look, this is the best value the Suns have ever gotten in any move they've made. They traded a Larry Nance that was towards the back end of his career, Mike Sanders, who was never much of anything, and a later first-round pick. And they got Kevin Johnson, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, Mark West, who, uh, due to lack of great centers in this franchise, was one of the best centers and, and role players that the Suns ever had and has had a huge impact both as a coach and a front office person uh, with the Suns. And then the first round pick that became Dan Marley, uh, you're not going to get better than that. They they went from a 28-win team uh, to, I believe it was a 58-win team that following year. It, it catapulted the Suns back into the conversation in the Western Conference. That is the best value ever, and that is Espo's big board for this week. This is Saul true. The, oh God! Saul I don't wear pants during this thing. Oh God! <laughs> if you ever stand up, that's that's it. <laughs> that's it. I uh, hope no. I don't forget. <laughs> One of these days, no one wants to see that. <laughs> nobody wants. Nobody wants to see. Uh, never mind. I'm not even. Well, that. well, we we don't have to leave it to an imagination. Well, but we're that all does the kings lead us, of working that, from home now. No one that, wears pants anymore. That Jeez. does lead us into our next segment, which is imagine this. And, uh, you know, based on tonight's big fight, if you like geriatrics fighting, uh, the Tyson Roy Jones fight. Yeah, Saturday's. Yeah, that's tonight. I know, but people will watch this on further. Okay, yeah. So Saturday. I thought when you said geriatric fighting, you were referring to when I argue with Dave. I didn't know <laughs> you were talking about a boxing match. I thought it would I be cool. That, cane, that I wanted to pick a list of guy, of people that are still obviously alive, um, and we would like to see play one-on-one maybe on a basketball court right now. Uh, legends of the game. Uh, they These are not all Suns related except for the very last one. There's only three of them. The first one being uh, Bird versus Magic. Oh God. Bird versus this would be so sad after all those McDonald's commercials that we watch with these guys and the converse and, and these matchups in the finals that we get it 60 year old magic and bird versus each other. I, I 
would I would shed a tear. This would not be entertaining. Uh, I can't wait so to see Larry Bird launch a three and break his finger off because he <laughs> yeah. just doesn't have enough calcium in those it, bones it, anymore. It, it disintegrates into ash. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would win that matchup? Right now? Yeah, right now. And magic. I think magic's uh, magic. <laughs> Look, the, if if Larry Bird no. played right now, you'd have to call him Larry Big Bird. He's twice the size he was when he played basketball. Yeah, but right? I'm sure he can still shoot. Uh, perfectly though no i think it's got to be bird who wins that one uh, okay well this one's going to be a lot worse and uh, I, I yeah so <laughs> i went with bill russell versus kareem abdul jabbar right now <laughs> oh wow. god give, give me kareem that'd speak be of, the wheelchair olympics speak <laughs> of the original he who shall not be named in uh kareem abdul jabbar in son's history but kareem i mean the skyhook doesn't age like my dad is is uh, at his age still capable of doing a sky hook, and he's in his mid sixties. So I, I think Kareem could still pull that off. Uh, Russell Russell was never known as the uh, the most active. <laughs> okay, for five bucks empty, Luka Doncic. I there said you it. Go. There you go. Hey. I'll give you money to say Luka. <laughs> Anyways, I, the sky hook doesn't age. Give me Kareem on that. All right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And then last but not least, this. We will go into the ring for, we will say it's not a one-on-one -on -one competition. This is an actual boxing match. We have seen it so many times, almost come to fruition. We actually saw it once live on the court. Shaq versus Charles Barkley. Who you got? Oh, Shaq would Today, murder Shaq. him. I don't think he would. Shaq? Oh, yeah. No, today oh, Shaq would just like sit on Charles Barkley. Yeah. If, if this was up. a boxing match, you think Shaq would, would just destroy Charles? Yes. Destroy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's Shaq. any chant that goes other way. No. The problem Charles, Shaq, Charles has got that crazy in him. Unless, it, unless Shaq ignites. gets distracted with, uh, you know, dropping his pants all, you know, because he doesn't wear a belt. Remember, I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. little clip on TNT. Yeah, he couldn't keep his pants on. So maybe that happens. Charles doesn't know how to fight. He told a story one time on uh, some interview where he was about to get jumped by a number of guys on the street, and he decided to be crazy man. He threw his shirt off and just started going, Whoa! screaming and freaking out just so they wouldn't have to fight. They wouldn't have didn't, to fight them. Didn't we just tell this story last week? Am I losing it? Didn't we tell this story? I don't remember that. Uh, uh, go back and watch. I think Saul doesn't listen to me. Maybe I did sure. look, yeah. look, Typically, Shaq, after the first sentence Dave starts to talk, I just hear, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Okay, Charles, Charlie Brown. Charles may go full... Uh, uh, you know, may go full Tyson and bite Shaq's ear off if he had a step louder to reach it, but he's not going to win in an actual boxing match. I mean, just Shaq's wingspan. Sha Barkley couldn't get far enough away; he'd still be able to punch him. So, okay. like, I, I think that's a, I think that's a destruction when it comes to Shaq versus Chuck. And this is true, Omar. Yes, Levar Balk is the king of one on one. MJ versus Levar. MJ versus Levar. There we go. Levar, who averaged what one point a game in college or something at Washington State. Yeah, the best, the best pack. I think they were the pack eight back then player to ever be seen. Levar Ball. Yeah, sure. Look, look at that. I saw. I I love the the craziness that comes with. Imagine this, Dave. I believe we had a flaming ball mailbag question do you want to reach in the bag and uh, and pull do. that bad boy out for us yes thank you uh we always go we have a uh, facebook group 
for Flaming Ballers, for people who have made donations to the show, you're always invited to join us in that little group so we can uh, share stories with each other and ask questions for our weekly mailbag. Today, we got a question from Michael Seymour. What will the rotation look like and will the Suns go 10 deep? So what I've got down, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, I've got CP3, Booker, Bridges, Crowder, and Aiden in the starting lineup. They're going to get in in between, you know, Booker's going to get as many as 36, 38 minutes a game down to, I think, uh, CP3 gets around 28 or 30. Um, but those guys are going to play good minutes. And then your backups coming off the bench are are uh, interesting. It's, it's going to be Carter and or Payne. I don't know if Javon Carter and campaign will play as much in the same lineup as they did in the bubble because you've got Galloway and Etoine Moore coming off the bench as well. I feel like Monty's going to go through periods where he plays one of Carter and Payne, one of Galloway and Moore, um, and then uh, trade them off. Cam and Dario are going to play every game. So you got seven who are going to be in every game. Cam Johnson. Uh, and then you've got some that are going to trade off. And then we haven't even talked about Jalen Smith yet. So uh, what do you guys think? How, how deep do you think this rotation is going to go? Well, I think it's bold to pencil in CP3 at the starting point guard spot. You know, we, we haven't had training camp yet, but no, I think I think you're right with the starting lineup. I, I do think Crowder is the guy that gets the nod at, at that spot, small or at the power forward spot to start the year. And then the bench is interesting because you do have a, guy, a lot of guys that have overlapping skill sets. And this is where I think, like we spoke about earlier, Monty's going to ride the hot hand. And there may be... Or the, you know, stretches of games, game. we don't see campaign at all, or we don't see Javon Carter. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to play again. I think they're just going to play the guy that fits the matchup, fits at, who's playing the best at the time. Same with Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore. I think those are going to be interchangeable uh, in that. And by the way, uh, I don't usually do this, but I, I, I did call the Langston Galloway thing last week on the uh, on the show. Just a uh, just a reminder. But uh, you, want, you want another big board or no? I, I don't no, need okay. a big board for that. That that's actually a, a joke about uh, other people. But anyways, uh, so and then I think you're right. You're you're always going to see Cam and Dario playing on that bench. Jalen Smith is the most interesting to me, though. At, at what point does he have a breakthrough? Does that come at all this season? Because he could be the most unique, most versatile part of of that bench when it comes to defense and even offensively. When you, when you look at how ferocious uh, he is a, of a dunker, the fact that he can stretch the floor, that gets me most excited uh, about about this bench unit. Is is does he have a breakout? Does he become a guy that becomes a major rotational player with this team? So I think you're looking at potentially 11 guys that are in this mix to play serious minutes uh, uh, in, throughout this year. And they technically still have a roster spot open. So you may add a 12th guy that, that may get some backup center minutes, depending on uh, how things work out with, with Dario in that position. But I am, I am firmly, like I said, on the banks of the river sticks. I want to see that, that kid get some minutes with this bench unit. That's the most intriguing part to me. <laughs> I think I, I think campaign. I'm a lot higher on campaign than I think you guys are. Um, just watching him in the bubble and what he could produce, uh, he he could literally change a game at a given moment, and he did that a couple times in the bubble. And I, I just I I'm really high on campaign. I think campaign will be one of the first guards to come off the bench 
um, this this upcoming season to replace Chris Paul, along with Javon Carter, obviously. But um, I, I see I see campaign as not being one of those guys that you know, depending on matchups, if he's going to play or not. I think he's going to play consistently. He's going to give you at least fifteen minutes a game, and uh, you know he's going to contribute quite a bit. Um, right. I'm really high on campaign, and and I agree. I think for the most part, you guys is you know your assessment has been spot on. So um, I don't need to go Here's rehash one thing. the same things you guys just said. One thing you got to consider is <clears throat> the Suns have quality depth all the way down to like 11 or 12, right? Well, they need that this year because of COVID. People are going to get COVID. They are going to be quarantined. What's going to happen here is they're almost certainly, although they haven't put out the actual protocols, they're almost certainly going to do it like football has been doing in the other sports where when somebody gets sick, you have them quarantined, but then the rest of the team still plays. It's like, Last summer, it would have been the entire team missing the game if somebody came up sick. Now it's just going to be the ones who get sick. So you're going to have guys periodically just be out. And now you've got plenty of depth. You have, yeah, you have a little bit of duplication, but on purpose where you've got guys who can be interchangeable coming off that bench or filling in in the lineup. I mean, um, Etwan Moore and, and Langston Galloway have started for teams in the past. Cam Johnson and Dario obviously have started a ton in their careers uh, or can start. Cam just did in the bubble. Um, you've got a lot of mix and match parts for when guys get sick, and that's good. We, we need to land this plane. We're at almost an hour and a half on this bad boy. One thing, I'm disappointed neither of you asked about this jersey, uh, the, no. the Fe 1958 Phoenix Giants jersey, uh, first championship. Uh, it's because I won't you remember won't... any of this anyway. Well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I am dealing with two men that, uh, that can tell the uh, Charles story next week. And yeah, we'll just keep, that'll just be, that's Dave's new segment. Dave is going to just tell that Barkley story. Where can he fit the Charles again. story into a show? So, so, <laughs> so let's, the we're going to land this for our friends at Fox Sports Arizona. Thank you as always for the production help and for ha housing us on your Facebook page. Make sure to give them a like on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and on Instagram and always check out the programming on Fox Sports Arizona. You can find Dave King at Dave King NBA. I'm not sure what the NBA stands for every this week. week you got to uh, do that every week. You know, but, yeah, you you know, know. Just like your Charles Barkley story, he has yes. to throw that NBA uh, yes. in every uh, week. We've got the Thunder from Down Under, or whatever we were going to call them. Uh, Carmel Car Thunder. Carmel Thunder. <laughs> Carmel Thunder. Saul Bookman. You can find I'm him on Twitter. definitely wearing gray sweatpants now. Here we go. You can, you can find him. You can find him on Twitter at Carmel Thunder or at Saul underscore Bookman. And I'm Greg Esposito at Espo on Twitter. Find the show on Twitter at Sun Solar Panel. Make sure to hit that join button on YouTube and follow us wherever you get podcasts. So for the crew, I'm Greg Esposito. Thanks for listening to us, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Sun Solar Panel. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you let me know? You won't beat the hell call. Oh, like bling blow, ayy. Yeah, you can't hold me down. Yeah, how you let me know? You won't beat the hell call.